No one will be admitted after the guests check in. back with the shoes box she's like we got you a present i was like did you actually get that for me she's like you wanted it right i was like yes i did yes i did mom <laughs> this is the worst you didn't capture my essence at all i think i did i don't think you did you see pictures of me i require the troll requires a toll the troll toll <laughs> such a sad human Look at that. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so gross. No, you're beautiful. You're fine. Okay. All right, let's do it. We could do this by candlelight. Instead. Ooh, it'd be really hard for me to read. All right, fine. We won't do it by candlelight. I mean, we could do it by candlelight. No, Just give me my own candle. That'll take a lot of work. You can take it out. Just don't break it. I won't. I feel like I will, though. It's a $200 lawn right there. Yeah. Definitely a necessary purchase. Yeah. When your mom buys it, everything's necessary. It's true. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Motel Hell. Motel Hell. We're already here. Really? We've always been here. <laughs> we were born here and we will die here. Got some spooky vibes in the room tonight. All of us are feeling kind of weird. A little, bit, little bit ghoulish. Little I'm, ghoulish. I'm fine. Are you honestly. fine? Yeah. But how are you feeling? Uh, weird. Yeah. Good. He looks like he's gonna have a poop. No. No. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Maybe. They're gonna have a poop. I mean, you know, we'll pause Down the episode if that happens. Two. Yeah. Really? Oh God. <laughs> We'll yeah. just bring this party into the bathroom. Oh my god, we should we do that. We are recording in the bathroom. I like how you pretend like we're not. We should always record in the bathroom. It's a good resonance. Mm. It's the greatest of resonances. Uh, Porcelain Cascade. Well. <laughs> New band name, I call it. <laughs> Tonight we're talking about something really bad. Uh, yeah, we're covering... The new tax code. <laughs> and why it's bad for the regular American. I mean, you can do your own research on that, because that is facts. But we're not going to tell you, because we don't know enough. We're, uh... We're covering a story from America's hat, the good old Canada. Oh, where America's ski cap. Where the weather is cold, but the hearts are warm. I think, I think that's not true in this In this case, the in this case no. Cold. But it, to be fair, they're French Canadians, which... They're um, the worst. Yeah. So, um... We'll start with the movie review. Go ahead, guys. Um, Dick Fetty, would you like to take it away? I would like to take it and shove it. Uh, no, so we didn't do our normal review tonight because... 
the internet stopped working and my VCR broke and the DVD player wouldn't work. Also, my TV's cracked. No. Also, net neutrality has destroyed everything. That's yeah, true. Yeah, Comcast said no more movies, no more fun. Who yeah. knows if you guys will even hear this? Yeah, We're so depressed over that we didn't even introduce ourselves. I'm Ben the Beardo, casting spells, throwing seashells, yeah. living life on the fast lane to hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good intro. That was a little, I liked it. Um, I'm Dick Fetty. I have Fetty that comes out of my penis. It's true. That's why we call you it. Did you guys know a dick space Fetty? Yeah. I thought it was one word. No. For the longest time. I mean, it could be, but it's not. Okay. Okay, I'm Alexa. Uh, Flex Lexa. Flex Lexa. I don't want to introduce myself as a nickname that I hate. So, yeah. Uh, That's who we are. And to get back to this here movie review. So... Yeah, we didn't watch a movie today, uh, circumstances didn't permit it, but Ben and I, in fact, did a double feature last night of two Jamie Lee Curtis vehicles, the seminal classics, 1980 Terror Train mm. and the 1980 Prom Night. Mm. Sounds great. They weren't. Uh, well, <laughs> one was pretty good, the other one, uh, Terror Train was... It was a mixed bag. More like Terrible Train, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, so um, I've been wanting to watch Prom Night for a long time just because I like Jamie Lee Curtis quite a bit. And it could be interesting to compare Prom Night's memories of prom to mine memories of prom. <laughs> um, but Terror Train is a movie I have on Laserdisc, but as we discussed in a previous episode, my Laserdisc player is currently out of commission. So we watched it on Amazon. Yeah, the main reason that we picked uh, Terror Train originally and then ended up going into a double feature was because we're reading the synopsis, we're like, okay, college students get murdered on a train, that sounds, you know, pretty... Sounds pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, Scream sounds Queen, maybe, perhaps the greatest of the Scream Queens. She, she is generally considered <clears throat> the greatest Scream Queen. Um, also, David Copperfield was in it as, quote-unquote, the, the Magician. magician. That's pretty dope. Yeah, he looks real pretty. He was young. He was mm. a young boy. It was like early early mid-twenties for him. But uh, And it was also free. But we, we went to watch the preview, and then it just started the movie. And uh, as we were watching what we thought was the preview, we saw this guy who we were sure was Hank Jennings from Twin Peaks, a younger mm-hmm. uh, version of that actor. So we were like, we got to watch this. And Was it him? No. No. <laughs> no, it was not. Um, for the first half an hour, we thought it was. But anyways, it was interesting because they spent a lot of the movie uh, showing the train and this train conductor and his crew, and that wasn't scary. But it was as if they were trying to get in like the sad dad crowd along with the high school teens to see the same film, because hmm. there's a lot of train talk. Um, my dad's into trains, so I. My was, dad's into trains. Yeah, I mean, most dads are. My dad's not into trains, well, but that's two out of three, so. Yeah, that's majority. Majority of dads prefer trains. Um, <laughs> two out of three dads prefer trains. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was interesting. I mean, I like trains. They're cool. They're big pieces of metal that move on other pieces of metal with the power of steam and coal, so that's pretty neat. And uh, I liked the train stuff. Um, but the violence, the gore, was, like, mediocre at best. Well, there was no actual violence. It was just aftermath gore. Yeah. And even that was... I mean, some of it was all right, but it was mostly... For a premise that had potential, 
um, it was pretty weak in execution. But I will say that we thought we had, well, really Ben thought he had fingered the killer. Huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> early on, uh, and we were both wrong. Well, to be fair, I did change it because. No, yeah, you fingered the killer a second time. Yeah, and there was a lot fingered, of fingering going. Yeah, on. you now, fingered this the correct is killer. The terror, the terror train. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I wasn't really even thinking about it because the plot was so inane that like it sort of just stopped my brain functioning. But it was enjoyable. I like the aesthetics of it. Like this whole party train that the whole movie was set on. They were like on this this big frat party uh senior year or whatever yeah all it really made me want to do is to find an actual excursion train that does like a, a murder on the orient express type mm-hmm. thing where like, like they have actors who, yeah exactly where they have an actor who gets murdered and you have to solve the murder because that sounds super fun that sounds fun yeah so I, you know i don't know to my taste it was a three out of five 2.5 out of five somewhere in there it wasn't it didn't feel like a waste of my life um, but it wasn't a movie I'm going to run back to anytime soon. Hmm. Yeah, I'd wholeheartedly agree with that. Not not Jamie Lee's best. No. Activia. But I also like to pretend that um, her character in this Halloween and in Prom Night we're all, the same we're all the same character, and she's just been through a lot of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it made sense, because, I mean, after Halloween, she would have transferred schools, gone to the school where Prom Night is set, and then went to college and took a terror train. If you watch the films, it makes a lot of sense. No, I believe you. But, uh, yeah, so Prom Night was also free, so it was a strong contender for a second picture. It came out the same year, and again, Jamie Lee Curtis. And immediately, I liked it more. I liked the score, I liked the way it was shot. It started in, like, I think they said it was a convent, the abandoned building in the beginning, although it looked like a school. I don't remember. Yeah, I thought it was an abandoned asylum. Yeah. Yeah, something along those lines. But anyways, kids play a deadly game. Mm-hmm. Young girl dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find out it's Jamie Lee Curtis's sister. Mm. And then suddenly they're in prom. And it starts in a little bit of a Black Christmas fashion where obscene caller is making calls to all the people who in a I know what you did last summer type of a thing, mm-hmm. like telling them like he knows what they did kind yeah. of a little. So it opens up with these kids. They're playing in this abandoned building. They're playing some strange hide-and-seek tag game which I can only assume is called The Killer is Coming, where they just everyone else hides and they walk through the building going, a killer is coming, a killer is coming. And this oh. one little girl wanted to play, and they were mean to her. She didn't want to play. She was well, she trying did to get first. her geography book. Uh. Well, no, because no, her friend left, and she stayed, and her brother was like, they don't want to play with you, and ran off. Oh, so yes. she went inside, really paying attention. and um, they pretty much scared her through a window. Classic. And then... Uh, then another window proceeded to fall on her, so she was, like, super dead. Mm. And then they blamed it on some uh, pedophile who ended up getting burned in a fiery car wreck. And uh, the next thing you know, you're an hour into the movie, and no one else has died. Mm. And strangely enough, you kind of start to care about these characters. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't terribly written, honestly. They, they, they didn't look like high school women. Oh, God. But no. they certainly acted like them mm. and Leslie Nielsen was in it mm. in a non-comedic role which was weird because the whole time I'm waking waiting for him to go like full uh, naked gun yeah. and um, but the other thing that was fun about it was that there was a lot of disco 
and we were doing a little reading last night about the film, and apparently they, they couldn't afford the rights to any of the disco songs that were hot at the time, so they did their own versions of them, the guys who scored the film. Mm. <laughs> excuse me, brought in disco singers to like basically do fake versions of the songs, and then they got promptly sued after the movie really? came out. Yeah. So the soundtrack's been super hard to find ever since, and uh, the disco was great. There was all these disco dancing scenes. Mm. It had like a lot of shades of uh, Saturday Night Fever, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I love disco. The killer was very snappily dressed, wore a sparkly black ski mask. Yeah. Wow. Which turns out very hard to find online. Yeah, and uh, he at, at first was murdering women with shards of a mirror, which was really cool, mm. I thought, for my taste. But, I mean, the, the killings were basically, they cut away from all the actual killing part, and then they'd show you a corpse, like, sometimes right after the fact. But again, gore levels were quite light, and... Uh, that was disappointing. There was even less gore than Terror Train, and the sparkly mask took away any element of terror. Mm. So, I thought for what was a long build-up, the payoff was pretty weak. Um, but I really actually enjoyed the tone and the style of the movie, and I really liked the beginning, like half an hour, with this, when the guy was making the creepy calls. I love a good creepy mm. call. And we found out that Star 67 is still a way to block your number if you want to make obscene phone calls, even really? on the cell phone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we were going to call you at like really late last night and make obscene calls, but then... You would have been charged for using Star 67. I don't care. I don't pay my phone bill. I don't know. God does. I don't think that's what... Well, it doesn't really matter. I also wouldn't have woken up. That, well, I figured that yeah. as well. Yeah, that was the main deterrent. <laughs> that we wouldn't get to actually make the call and then we'd be all sad about it. Yeah, mm. all boned up from being skeezy. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I'd give that one a 3.5 out of 5. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you want to watch a scary Jamie Lee Curtis movie, just watch Halloween 1 and 2. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can watch them, but if you don't, you're not missing anything, really. You mean Prom Night and Terror Train? Yes. Okay. So, um, are you going to uh, disco box over there, Dick? Oh, I am. So, my disco box pick this week is Stromstad's... New Devoted Human, which is a new record that came out on Malignant Records December 15th. I just got it earlier this week or last week, whenever it was, and it is awesome. It's Power Electronics. It's um, the Finnish duo Stromy C, along with the Norwegian artist Christopher Alsted. So it is basically... Classic Stromy C style, vocal oriented, sci fi sounding, power electronics, way less on the screeching noise, and way more musical than a lot of power electronics. It has a definite electronic element to the whole proceedings, and the packaging is really, really nice on it. So I've been listening to that a lot since I got it. It is a short record, it's like 35 minutes, it's kind of a mini album. But Strong UC haven't put out anything in a long time, and they're personal favorites of mine. So it's been really nice to have something new to listen to by them. And uh, shout out to my friend Mika, who turned me on to the whole fact that the album was coming out, as I had no idea. And when he was visiting me last month, he showed me the first song, which was online, and I was instantly hooked. Beautiful. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It had, uh, it was... A lot different than the Power Electronics we've been listening to recently. I think my wife very much enjoyed it. So I think she's strangely slower getting into Power Electronics the more you bring them over. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, compared to the Grunt, the Cold 12, and other types of finished power electronics, it's a lot of a, it's a much softer sound. And one of the highlights is on the, the first track on the B side, which is called uh, Unknown Traveler or something along those lines, um, features vocals from in one of the vocalists from Enslaved, one of the founding members of the group, who has this very uh, strong and like resonant voice and it's this kind of like monologue rather than harsh vocals and it builds as the song goes along and becomes this like sort of cacophony to a bit but also almost operatic not operatic but it, it, it's this building number that really starts the second side strong so i definitely would say it's like a I think at this point I would say it's 4.5 out of 5. Like, I'm really digging the album. And it's so short that there's no filler. And it's it's essentially flawless for what it is. So, that is my Disco Box recommendation. Dick Fetty's Disco Box. Wah, wah, wah. I like how we used and we're starting to get these episodes. It's good. good, guys. All right, you guys ready to get uh, a little depressed? Yeah, every day of my life. Already depressed. So, um... Like a, uh, a lot of these people are French Canadian, so I'm probably gonna butcher a lot of uh, their names because I don't speak French or Canadian. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, let's take a little a little trip to America's hat, the good old C A N Nadia. Have you ever been to Canada, man? No, I've actually never been out of the country. Never? Never. Uh, well, You've that's not true. I've been right? I've been to um, I've been to the Bahamas, which is technically out of the country. It is. So I've never been to Canada. Yeah, I. Hi. Hmm. Here have I. I've been to Canada probably four or five times. How'd you like it? Uh, well, I've only been to Montreal, and I've only been for the Canadian Grand Prix, and the Grand Prix is fantastic way to spend your time and a great place to get hammered drunk. Mm. I enjoy Montreal. It has the feel of a European city, but it is like a quarter of the size. I don't like French people or the French language. It disgusts me. Um, so that aspect of it makes it less great. But generally, the people in Montreal are eh. Um, but the feeling of the Grand Prix weekend, it's like they're one of their biggest, if not the biggest, tourist draws they have in a city where they have many festivals throughout the year and all the rest. They really do it up. So it is fun in that respect. So I would go back to Montreal. I really would like to go to Vancouver, but that's really neither here nor there. Mm. Okay. We could take a trip to Canada. That would be fun. Yeah, well, Vancouver's far. That's well, you know what's funny is like uh, every, you know, Canada's supposed to be this, you know, happy, safe place. But every time I read some true crime thing about Canada, it's always awful. Just super, super, super terrible. Yeah. Like sometimes more so than stuff that happens here. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. So, what we are covering is the Ant Hill Kids and their leader, Roque. And like I said, I'm not sure which letters they do and do not pronounce in French Canadian. Fuck them. I don't care. Uh, Theroult. Theroult? Yeah, Theroult. Theroult? I don't know. Anyway, so um, he was born May 16th, 1947, in uh, Seguinay Valley, which is Canada, and he's mm. a French Canadian. Okay. Good start. Um, I'm going to preface this with something, because I'm not going to go too much into his claims as far as his childhood, but he did claim a lot that, you know, his dad was abusive, and his parents were terrible, and uh, all this horrible stuff happened to him when he was younger. None of that's ever been accredited. Yeah, and it'll it'll come out more so as we talk about him and 
really what he does um, as a person. Make shit up, be a piece of shit. Yeah, but there, there's there's like reasoning behind that. He he pretty much uses it as a way to get people to like him mm-hmm. and uh, to follow him. But um, anyway, his parents were working class people, you know, just normal working class folk. None of them ever made it past uh, seventh grade because mm. you know they're more so about you know being the working class and um, tilling the land. Yeah. Uh, Roke was very, very smart. Uh, he did very well in school, and then, uh, right before eighth grade, decided to drop out, and all his teachers were like, oh my god, why? You're so smart! Uh-huh. But, um, so, one of the things that led to him, you know, really being, ostracizing himself from his family is, um, when he was younger, his father was a white beret. Uh, they're also known as the Pilgrims of St. Michael. Huh. They're semi-socialist um, religious group. Uh-huh. Are they Christian-based? Yeah, Catholicism-based. So they would... His, his father would have him put on his little white hat and, you know, go around with him and literally beg people for donations. Mm-hmm. And his friends would make fun of him and Rope being the narcissist that he is, this did not do well for him. So at an early age, he gained a disdain for Catholicism and the church and things mm-hmm. like that. Um... So, like I said, he dropped out before eighth grade, and uh, he started he started mowing lawns for money, and he started hanging out at, like, dance clubs. I did yeah. all that. Yeah. So, um, one of the things I found, like, funny about this research is, so he, he was... Was a really good dancer? One, he was a good dancer. Excellent. Two, he found out a new way to boost his ego, even though he was already very smart, was to hit on women at dance clubs. Oh. And uh, a lot of the things I read, there was a few podcasts I listened to about it too. Um, stated the fact that he had a big old peen. Oh yeah, like really? like yeah, like hanging dong, thick cut. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Piece of steak on. Yeah, and one T-bone. of the one of the podcasts I listened to. Um, That'd be a football name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very very PC, so they mm. refer to it as penis. And I was just like, this is so far they from the normal I listen to. He had a big penis. Pretty much a large. A large penis. A large member. Wow, I feel like I'm reading Slash Pick now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so he was doing very well, you know, as far as the ladies going, going out, slaying mad puss. Dancing. Until I love he, dancing. I love dancing, too. So far, I really like this guy. Yeah, he sounds all right. Yeah, he sounds pretty good yeah. so far, right? Yeah. I mean, mine is being Christian. Am I right, guys? I'm talking. <laughs> Hail Satan. Um, so, you know, he kept slaying mad puss until... He met a particular woman, Francine Grenier. Uh, not long after that, on November 11th, 1967. That's the day after my birthday. It is. Uh, Roque, who was 20 at the time, and Francine, who was 17, robbing the cradle. Oh, mm, that's a uh, They got married. Wait, how old was he? This is Canada 20. in the, what, 20. 60s? Yeah, or, uh, yeah, yeah, mid-60s. 67. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that was definitely not illegal. Okay. And I'm pretty sure in Canada you can marry like 12 year olds still because that's a terrible backwards country. No, I don't think it's cool to just make those claims about Canada. To be fair, he's the only one that's ever been to Canada, so that for all I know, point. it could be right. I think it's province based. Maybe they've got a national law and age of consent and marriage and all yeah. the rest. But no, I mean, seriously, Canada had like seriously backwards, like Alabama style yeah. legislation about that kind of stuff for a long time because they're mostly like a hill. Rural. People. Yeah, I mean, he's also... The hill people. He's also, <laughs> there are many hills in Canada. He's only three years older than her. Yeah, no. And I mean, he's already pretty... very well-spoken, charismatic. 
And he's so, got a big dick. Yeah, and you That's know, he's true. probably got her parents to like him. To look at his dick and be like, come yeah. on. They'd be like, wow. Uh, she's doing well. Can, can <laughs> I, she's doing very well. Is there enough of that to go around? I'll have what she's having. Is this the Keystone Pipeline? Because <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> oh. That was good. That was, really that was good. good. Joke of the night so far. <laughs> We're actually having a competition tonight, and you can send your votes in to 2249 <laughs> if you like the joke. And you just need to put either dick Ben or Flex, uh -huh. and you can say and make your vote count as to who's got the funniest joke. Two two four nine. Two two four nine. Text now. Yeah, uh, lines it's are a one-time charge of ten ninety nine, followed <laughs> by a monthly charge of ten ninety nine every month until you cancel the service. America's hat. America's hat. <laughs> Keystone. Keystone. So um, anyway, they they got married, and for all intents and purposes, he was a good husband. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, she ended up bearing him two children. Bearing him children. Bear down for midterms. He actually built a house <laughs> about two miles or so away from his parents' house, which then again goes in lieu of the things that he would claim to other people is, you know, if your parents were so terrible to you, why would you build a house so close to He still needed money. What 20-year-old doesn't hit their parents up for money? Well, I get that. 26. You trash your parents all day. I still hit my parents up for I'm money. I'm 30. I hit my parents up for I mean, I'm 10. <laughs> Anyways, come back to me. I'll come on you. Anyway. Um, that's illegal in Canada. <laughs> no, it's not. That's all they do. It's illegal to do outside because it'll freeze to your skin and your skin will peel off. That's true. Second degree burn. Yeah, because Canada is a hellscape of snow and tundra. Yeah. Well, there's a good Venetian Snares album called Winnipeg is a Frozen Shithole. Mm. And in fact, Winnipeg is supposedly a frozen shithole. So. I believe it. I hate the cold. That's why I don't want to go to or live in Canada. Among other reasons. Anyway, so... They didn't live there too long. They ended up moving to Montreal, and that's where he Montreal. became a chimney inspector, which I didn't know was a That thing. is an awesome career. Let me check your chimney with my old pipe. That's like yeah. the boss of the chimney sweeps. Yeah. You know, I think it's a different thing. I feel like yeah. you're, Do you think he writes all the songs? I think you're like chimney an insurance adjuster, but for chimneys. He's the one that puts all the dust on the kids' faces. Like that there's an earthquake so coming from Delaware. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I'm just insane. <laughs> I'm shaking my leg under the table. Uh -huh. Yeah, you are. Um, so, during Francine's first pregnancy, he was actually diagnosed with ulcers. After he was diagnosed with ulcers, he went under for two different surgeries. Okay. Uh, because back then, they didn't treat it with medicine. It was just all surgical babes. Uh-huh. And then he developed a thing called dumping syndrome from these surgeries. That's hysterical. It is so funny. I just imagine, like, he gets these surgeries just like... <laughs> all the time. But now what happened. Because in a tremendous amount of pain, and what dumping syndrome is, is your inability to digest food properly. So people who get um, gastric bypass surgery, this can happen too. Okay. So that so in fact, you do not dump. No. Wow. Non-dumping syndrome. Yeah. Non-dumping. Non-dumping syndrome. Okay. Well, as somebody with IBS, I feel for this guy. Mm -hmm. Some problems are the worst. I've got stomach problems. I know. But at this point, after the surgeries, uh, things took a turn for the worst. He became. Uh, kind of verbally abusive, not very nice. Mm. Um, and like I said before, all this, like he was a very good husband, and he was still a little bit controlling. He, he'd tell Francine, "Be like, you wear long dresses outside, because I don't want anyone looking at your booty." That was supposed to be a French accent. I'm really uh, good at it. Yeah. Really bad. Sacre bleu. Anyway. <laughs> oh, bitch. <laughs> so, um, like a warm croissant. He, got, he became very dark, and uh, his narcissism increased at this point. And uh, they ended up moving back to 
his childhood hometown, which this is actually the name of the town, Thetford Mines. Sounds like a wonderful place. Thetford Mines? Thetford Mines. Thetford Mines. Yeah, it's never a good time if you live in a place with mines in the name. Yeah, yeah I would agree. So they, they moved back there, and he would go out, and he'd tell people his insides were made of plastic, and he mm-hmm. was dying, and he started going a little loopy after the surgery, and all this shit went down. Yeah, well, when you can't shit right, you say all sorts of weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, he would also claim that, his, uh, that he would die soon, and all this other stuff. So... At this point, when things started to change for him, he, he wanted Francine to wear these like little skirts and show off her legs, treat her like a sex object, and uh, what he wanted to do was start a news con. He became obsessed with sex, more so than he already was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, almost in un- I mean, when you have limited time to live in a big pipe delay, mm-hmm. yeah. I get it. Yeah. I, I'm getting this guy so far. Yeah, so far everything makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what <laughs> so uh, then he decided to start a wood shop on his um, family's land, and everything went well for a while. But he was an idiot and couldn't maintain the business, and it went under. I, I don't know that that's fair to say. I think that many people who are not, who are perfectly capable and intelligent, have businesses that fail. I'm well, sure he keeps that's failing. We'll get to it. Okay, I'm just saying that I think running a business is hard. So one of my favorite things about the story. <laughs> Is after this, uh, he he ran for city council, uh-huh. and then won. He got on the council board, but when he was, he didn't know how to work budgets or anything, so yeah. he didn't know how to put money into building a new park or fixing this parking lot. That's line. why you have accountants. And then, um, because of his stomach pain, he eventually stopped showing up. Yeah. And they voted him out, and it was a you know a quick little foray into Canadian mm. politics. Nice. That's all you really need. So. Um, by 1976, uh, his family was on welfare, um, and he wanted to stop taking his stomach medication at this point mm. uh, because he thought it dampened his sexual prowess and his ability to talk to women. Mm. What was um, his medication? Pretty much antacids. Oh. It wasn't anything too crazy. Well, I feel like if you're eating a bunch of antacids, no wonder you're all anti-dumped. Because mm. if you eat too many times, that fucks up your, your gullet and your ability to make the poop come. Yeah, but what about your dick come? Well, right. Everything gets back. If I'm yeah, if I'm blocked up and I have a bunch of pressure on my lower area, I'm not going to be able to get an erection because the blood flow is going to be disturbed. No, that you, I somehow, all the I time. I believe you. I feel like your long your long dong is already always ready to sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been better if you said it without. Yeah, well, no, we can cut that. That's fine. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm serious. Like that that happens to junkies. Like their organs start to swell and it diverts their interest in sex because basically like their sex organs are getting like pressed against by all their inflamed livers and kidneys and whatnot and GI tracts. Mm, That's yeah. a true thing. No, that makes sense. <laughs> so, <clears throat> at this point he'd been a moderate drinker mm-hmm. and the only way he knew how to medicate his stomach after he stopped the medication was alcohol. Is this guy wah, me? Wah, wah. Yeah. yeah. This, this is actually this about you. It's eerily similar to you. So, um... That 17-year-old you married. Yeah, that's true. Where Dick is Betty. she, by the way? I haven't seen her in months. We'll, She's, she... we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to we it. had an amicable parting of the ways. That was in no way violent. <laughs> so his his wife is, you know, working as a server at this point, and he's really not doing anything. He's going on beer mug selling excursions, air quotes. 
Wait, so he's gone from chimney inspector to, to woodworker si- woodworker to, to selling city, wooden cups to city councilor. Yeah, to beer mug seller. Yes, yeah. and he's made, but he, you know, if if Etsy was around back then, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Just because he's spring. he's making these mugs that he's selling. I know oh. they say that social media is bad, but I think that a lot of serial killers or would be serial killers are probably prevented by their ability to connect with people in non-meaningful ways, but mm-hmm. ways that make them feel human enough to prevent them from killing. Mm, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm basing this on nothing other than like my gut feeling at this moment. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's right. <laughs> I agree. So. Sounded on, convincing. On one sure of these is. beer mug excursions, he got and I couldn't find this woman's last name, but he met, went, met a woman named uh, Giselle, and he was all like, oh. boo-hoo, poor me. Uh, I'm dying of cancer and my wife's cheating on me. I bet she Francine? Yeah. She's working her tail off. Yeah, yeah she is. With the two the kids. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. She didn't bang him that night. She was like, no. She's not that to bang you. That's, that's not. That's What accent is that? That's um, French Canadian. Look yeah. it up. Read a book. <laughs> we, we, we not bang. We, we not, uh, no. not bang. Bad. No, we don't bang. I don't do French accents because <laughs> French are terrible people. Moving on. <laughs> Is that the official stance of this podcast? No, that's my personal stance. Okay. I don't care, people of France. I don't care for you, generally. There's a couple that are all right. <laughs> mostly not. So, um... Phil, Phil. Hey, I'm sorry, Phil. I like you. He's a good guy. Who's Phil? Every Phil he's... in France is like, oh, thank God. No, no, he's my boy. He puts out my music. Phil's cool. Cool guy. Oh, Phil's French? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, sorry, Phil. Your culture's fine. Yeah. Is Phil one of the five people that listen to our podcast? I don't know, but I, I sure hope so. <laughs> this is what the love third, you, Phil. The third episode, you mentioned how much you hate French people. Maybe. So, um, not long after this, he ended up divorcing his wife. That's what happened to Dick Fetty's seventeen-year-old wife. Oh, you divorced her. <laughs> you divorced. You divorced. You divorced. Sorry, that. And was then, bad. even though he hated religion, uh. In the winter of 1976, he became obsessed with it. Uh, learned everything he could about the Old and New Testament and would use this as a way to intellectually overpower people, mm. even though he never made it past uh, seventh grade. Mm. The guy's smart. He's he, a capable, he big dick, but, heavy you know. drinker. Exactly. So at this point, uh, he discovered the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh... It was ministered by a Guadalupean named Pierre Zita. Uh, they, they met every Saturday. And they followed a few certain rules. Uh, no drinking, no tobacco, you know, all the things that are fun, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, no drugs, no booze, no... And, and, and Roke, even though he loved the drinking and yeah. the pussy pounding, uh-huh. uh, gave it up. Just cold like that? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, but, you know, in the back of his mind, he, he knew this was going to be the thing that was really going to start him on his journey. What, drinking later? Yeah, no, well, more so, you know, he wanted to start something. Yeah. So, um. A little religion. How he started making money is he'd actually sell their literature door to door. Yeah. And, um. Have you heard the good news? Have you heard the good news? Have you heard the good news? Have you heard it? No. Have you seen my big old peen? <laughs> that is good news. Do you have a minute to talk about my 
Humongous Dangus. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir, I do. Do you have any literature on that Dangus? It's bigger than an orangutangus. <laughs> an orangutang Dangus. Well, isn't it they say that human beings, in terms of sapiens, are the 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 largest peen to body ratio? Like, a, a gorilla's peen ratio-wise is very tiny. Is that I, true? Yeah, I believe that to be the thing I've been reading a lot on Reddit. That's like the new fact that I'm always seeing on Ask Reddit threads. Even when they're about, like, term papers. I'm going to have to look up some pictures after we're done here. Yeah, gorilladick.com. Gorilla dick. You may get some racist search results. Dot com. Or it could just be really big, strong dicks. Anyway. So, he was actually kind of good at this, and he would run, like, quit smoking workshops and stuff. Oh, good for him. Smoking and is bad. he actually amassed quite a few followers. Uh, <laughs> most of them were actually pretty young, uh, the oldest ones being 24, the youngest ones being 18. Mm. So, uh, he was doing really good for himself. Um, there was about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about nine people, ten people, and a six-month-old baby girl started following him. Nice. Uh, they actually had started having their own meetings at Giselle's apartment. Mm. So he got introduced to the Seventh-day Adventists and then broke off and formed his own little thing. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. He's still part of it, but he's, you know, he's warming his way in there, you know, okay, but as big dicks do. Okay, is, but he's preaching and, like, has his own group listening? Yeah, okay. pretty much. Okay. So, um, once he gained all these followers and they're, uh, you know, they'd all stay at Giselle's apartment for the weekends, and he'd be like, you guys need to job out of college. That's a stupid thing to do. Don't stay in college. You just hang out with me. He makes a good case for it, because imagine that you're a self-made man, right? You're, you're going door-to-door selling mugs and literature. Mm-hmm. Although I guess probably you're out of the mug game at this point. Yeah, he's out of the mug game at this point. Yeah. Well, I, I would think like it would be a great like, double whammy, but if, you're, if your literature says don't drink and you're selling mugs, you're kind of sending two messages. Right. But... Anyway, yeah, I mean, self-made man, big old dangus. Does mm-hmm. he got the Rasputin beard yet? He probably no, does. No, you saw pictures of him? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw pictures. Yeah. And, uh, well, okay, so he's, he's, he's not into the full Rasputin look, so you're thinking, you know what, this guy makes a good case. He's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he hasn't taken advantage of me yet, because mm-hmm. they're, they're no banging, right? They're no bone zone? Not yet. He's still with Giselle, and it, it isn't full-fledged cult yet, but it's, it's the foundation. Yeah, but I mean, so, but we're talking, like, it's a well-spoken, pseudo-puritanical, but, like, making good points about the ills right. of the world. And and this is also, like, post-60s, <laughs> 70s malaise, when, like, cult shit was at an all-time high, because everybody's disillusioned uh-huh. after the 60s. Like, nothing worked out the way it was supposed to, so everybody's looking for a cause to believe in. And you get those young, you know, uh, impressionable minds. Yeah, they're all pretty young. I mean, they're all younger than I am now. So. Which, I mean, you're 900 years old, so. That's- Nine years old. I'm nine years old. I'm a nine year old boy. They have me trapped here. Save me. I am so turned on. Anyway. So, um, one of the things that uh, Roke fell in love with while studying religion was uh, the end of the world. This idea that, you know, there was an end all to be all judgment day for everybody. Mm hmm. So it's a good belief to have. He, the way he got people to pretty much drop out of college is like, listen, Jesus is coming back soon. The world's gonna end. 
Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, we should, you know, get right in the eyes of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And uh, so he became, like, he pretty much ministered to these people. So anyway, the guy who ran the church at this point, like, was like, oh, man, this guy's gaining a lot of power. They're more interested in him than they are at, you know, my sermons. The Guatemalan man? Yeah. We should really do something about this. So in 1977, there's this retreat in the woods of Muskoka, Ontario. Um, he met this woman named Gabrielle Lavelle. She's and not. Yolande. Ooh. Not gonna try to say her last name, but she was from France. Fr- uh, France. She was from France. She was on Friends. She was on Friends. Oh wow. yeah. No, not Central Park. Sound like an idiot. <laughs> so uh, he kind of became this, known as this healer, um, and slowly started to affect from like in a very white kind of a healing, sexual healing. That'll come later. Ooh. And like I said, he got really interested in med- medical textbooks, and he would read them. You didn't say that. Day and night. I did earlier, yes. Okay. <sighs> so under my you dick fatty. He didn't, he didn't say that. I don't think so. I did. So he was really into medical textbooks? Yeah, like you said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> On this retreat, he was enthralled by the surrounding scenery, and he apparently went on this walk by himself. Didn't and he, he has take mushrooms all by himself. Probably, yeah. He went on this. He, he went on this hike and um, had this vision. And he claimed that the sky was lit up with white radiance. Mm-hmm. And the voice of God told him that the outcropping on which Roke was about to kneel was a holy place. Mm-hmm. And um, he told his followers this. And uh, like I said, he he became almost like this healer to them. And, um, you know, he slowly, they slowly started to follow him more than they did the Adventists. Mm-hmm. It was his teachings over the church's teachings, basically. Exactly. Uh, they actually opened up the Healthy Living Clinic. It was an alternative medicine venue. Mm. You get organic foods, holistic literature, <coughs> and apparently they could help you cure any ailment. Mm. But, of course, you had to pay first. Yeah, of course. Well, they gotta keep the seeds in stock and whatnot. These morning glories aren't gonna grow themselves. Mm-hmm. That's very true. It's very true. Um, so at this point, he he created a a, a look for his followers. Ooh, um, he wanted them all to wear a certain uniform. Mini uh, skirts. Ankle length pullover tunic. Ooh. Green for women. Beige for men. Ooh, I would and love to see a People magazine spread. Right? Steal her look. Steal his look. His was dark brown. <laughs> oh, dark brown. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. he went king of the beige. Yeah, druid. Uh, so this clinic actually started making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Well, not a lot of money, but decent money. Yeah, more than none. Yeah, more than none. And um, it also helped him gain followers because I'm sure there was a lot of hippies in these woods, and they're all like. This guy's so cool. He sells seeds to all the things I like to eat. Check out those tunics. They, they, they're like they're like utilitarian, but they also have like style to them. Yeah, it's almost heroin chic, but more like dirty hippie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, he was like Jesus, even though he eventually started calling himself Moses. Yeah. Oh. Well, Moses was the cooler Jesus. I would agree. He, he did a lot. Yeah, Moses. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was guy. a walker. Yeah. Fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They wandered the desert for like 
40 years. 40 years? Yeah. yeah. That's not even that long yeah. in biblical standards. No, it's not. I've wandered twice as long myself, honestly. That's a lot of times why people call me God. Nobody. So, um, the patrons who came to look like end up having to work for it, and they give large donations, and there was one guy who actually sold everything he had to fund the clinic. Mm. and moved into the clinic with his wife and child. Oh, jeez. It's always the I crazy always, husband. I always, like, hear... Honey, you gotta come quick. There's a <laughs> clinic downtown, and I'll tell you what, they got seeds that you wouldn't believe. We need to sell our stuff, bring little baby Joseph here, and we're gonna move on in, and we're gonna sell the seeds for the clinic. Like so that. many seeds! So many seeds! So many seeds! You got so those in your blood? Here's some cocaine! Yeah, no, this is in the 70s. They knew what cocaine did. Did they? Uh, yes. It was disco fever. Everyone had it. In the, the mountains. Only in, cure in the mountains cocaine. in Canada. Yeah. Disco <laughs> was a global phenomena. It even reached the hat. I feel like yeah. you guys are arguing disco right now. Oh, are you? <laughs> I'd follow you. Okay, so anyway, clinic is banging. Clinic is banging. Pop. Slanging. Little bit of langing. More people end up joining the group, and then all of, At this point. Every woman in 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 the cult, mm-hmm. I guess we can call it at this the point. Group, the group. They're all like trying to get on that D. That yeah. that big old healing dong. Yeah. HD. Moses' staff. Yeah. Know? He's gonna part some red seas. The old spear of longius. Mm. No, that's a different reference. Ava. I mean so, I see, because he's like calling all the shots and he's like most desirable of a group. Well, not only like that, they're, they're, they're really viewing him as this prophet. messiah, this yeah. prophet yeah. that's going to save them. And prophets did a lot of fucking. Read any mm. of the good books. Yeah, and if... It's pretty clear that they get their staff wet. If it's... You know, if, if you're looking for holistic medicine to solve all your ailments, you're already a little, you know, not... Yeah, yeah, you see a guy in a dark brown tunic with like what is soon to become a Rasputin, beard. and he's like, "Chew on this root; it'll cure your your butt leakage." And all all of the all of the seeds, they're just poppy seeds. Like they're just doing a ton of. <laughs> I wish that were true. And we don't know that it isn't. I don't think it is. Okay, well, you could have just not said that. So at this point, Giselle starts to get like real worried, and Rope kind of realizes that. So he's like, "Let's get." Okay, and she, yeah, that's now is she working do. still, or is she just working at the clinic? Just working at the, they're just like really biding their time at the clinic, okay. and he's slowly amassing more followers. Yeah, 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 I got that. Um, actually, I'm sorry, she proposed to him. Oh, <coughs> and he said yes. <coughs> trying to fix all their problems, and uh, <coughs> they got married at the Adventist Church in Montreal. There was no honeymoon, and then the group piled back into the van for a five-hour trip. And the whole way, Roke joked with the other girls, just the whole time. And Giselle cried on a mattress in the back. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good start. I'm horny. Yeah, it was really just a way for him to be like, look, Adventist, I'm not a terrible person. Yeah. So, uh, Pierre Zita, the, the guy who was, you know, running the whole Adventist, Jonsky, um, he's like, I'm done. Started getting worried about what was going on. Yeah, pretty much was like, yeah, this isn't this isn't good, uh, and he tried to convince Giselle to leave Roke at this point, which you don't go after a man's wife. Yeah, Mm-mm. don't do it. I bet Ro- that didn't sit well with Roke. Well, I mean, I don't think he actually cared too much about her. Um, I mean, Christ, if she leaves him, it's a win for him. 
And he's a bachelor. Yeah. And uh, she's the bitch. Uh huh. It's classic blame, blame, blame transference. Mm-hmm. But he was he was so good at cutting off. What a lot of cults will do is you know they'll start groupthink. You know we all do this. We all think like this. And then they'll cut you off from your friends and your family to isolate you, so you feel like you need the church, the group, what have you, more. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're you're cut off from everything else. They don't understand you. They don't know what it's like to be here, mm-hmm. and it's their loss. Really, if you stay in contact with them, like it's going to diminish your connectedness with us, mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are people who are psychologically susceptible yeah. to this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like one of those things where you hear about it a lot with cults, where a lot of people who you wouldn't think would be susceptible to this, to this stuff are. And I think people generally crave narrative in their lives, so. When it's spoon-fed to them by a guy with a beard. It's he had a great good. beard. I know. Maybe I shouldn't even have a beard. Those are beards. It's, have you seen his? Is that why I listen to you guys so much? Probably. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. Stop. It's a lot of touching of the beards going on right now. Should I One describe One day we'll be able it? to bring, bring no. them together. You hate when I describe stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um... The family of some of the girls actually start calling the police, and the mm-hmm. police would come, and uh, all the girls would be like, "We're not talking to you. Go away. Mm-hmm. Please go away. We're fine. Everything's We're fine. fine. Look, yeah, look how great this guy's beard is. Look at this great robe I'm wearing. Uh-oh. Yeah, it covers my. Would body. a crazy person be wearing the same tunic as everybody else? I don't think so. Yeah, we're color coded. <laughs> we're doing just fine. <laughs> I know I'm a girl because I'm wearing white. <laughs> Green. Green. And, uh, That's the blue man's green. White man's. There was even a local businessman who called the police on him for like outstanding deaths, and the police's hands were tied. They couldn't do anything pretty yeah. much. Well, how are you going to collect on a charitable organization, right? They're non-profit. Uh, well, I, I can't see them being non-profit. I, I, I don't know where kidding. all the money was going. I was joking. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't sound like a joke. So, March 1978, Geraldine... Gagne Au Claire. We'll okay. go with that. Uh, she admitted she was admitted to the healthy healthy living clinic. Uh, she was undergoing treatment for leukemia. Ooh. Oh. This will have a happy ending. Oh, but it won't. No. They just gave her a bunch of Earl Grey. <laughs> uh, so well, uh, you're not far off. Rook's treatment for leukemia was grape juice and organic foods. She died at the clinic. Oh, Geraldine. So, the the best slash worst part of this whole experience with this poor woman with uh, leukemia, which, like, I just, like, I, I, it boggles my mind that people would believe this, but, um, Roke told his followers that he'd gone into her room and kissed her, that she awakened from death, but that, in the end... You know, when God wants people, he takes them. It was Geraldine's time. So he saying that her, his kiss resurrected her. Right. Okay, so he's getting crazy. And then God was like, listen, I know you got, I gave you Jesus powers, but like, I need this girl up here. And he was like, God, I got you. Just let me talk to her real quick. Let me give her a few smooches. And, little, and like, I'll give it back to you. And all his followers were like, That's mind explosion. Well, and I don't even know that it's really crazy. I mean, that's just manipulative. Like, you yeah. want people to believe you're a prophet. You tell them that you resurrected somebody. That's yeah. just 
That's just good, good Colton. Well, um, so good Colton to bad uh, parents. Uh, during this same time frame, uh, the parents of a 19-year-old multiple, multiple sclerosis sufferer admitted him to the Healthy Living Clinic, mm. which, like, I guess There's free healthcare just sucks. No, right? it doesn't. No, free healthcare is... I was making a joke. <laughs> I don't actually... Well, I mean, and you gotta imagine, maybe some of these families are at the point where they've, like, exhausted all their treatment options otherwise. I don't, but I don't believe that. Like, no. MS and leukemia are things that we have modern medicine to treat, and I don't care if it's the 70s, we still have ways to treat it. I mean, like, you can, you will die from leukemia, but there well, are ways... not even just that. They brought this guy out to the middle of the woods, to this building that was just... People in robes, color-coded robes, and they're like, this will work. Well, you yeah, heard a lot of good stuff, right? Like, a guy just brought a woman back from the dead. You think, all right, our MS son has a shot with Mr. Lazarus, or, well, not Lazarus, but you know what I mean. You get the biblical thing. I'm not entirely sure what happened to him. Probably didn't go well. But uh, April 1978, he was actually voted out of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, finally. The kid with okay. MS? No. Uh, <laughs> the kid with MS was never allowed in. So he had like a meteoric two-year rise, and then he's out. Pretty much. Okay. Um, but it's pretty much what I think he wanted. Because at this point, I think he was done with the Adventists. Yeah. He, he was like, well, look how back. good I'm doing. Ooh. Yeah. So, after he was voted out, Brooke's next move was to marry a bunch of his followers. All of them? Not all of them, just a bunch of them. Just the hot ones. And his followers didn't actually want to uh, get married. Um, but Roke was the one deciding who they got to marry. Okay. So, um, you know, this person was paired with that person. I'm not going to go too much into the names and the details because we'll be here forever. And uh, I have a hard time saying their names. But, um... You know, he just, he was, at this point, he was a full-fledged cult leader. You know, mm -hmm. he was controlling their lives, making them marry, um, and he would also stress the importance of uh, women serving their man, yeah. you know, like, in the Bible. I stress that all the time. Yeah, you do. You, you have shirts that say, you know, women are lesser beings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get in the kitchen and make me a sandwich. It's not even that creative. You no one said it was a good shirt. Why don't you make me a joke while you're at it? Mm. Bye. 2249. 2249. <laughs> Text now to make your vote. <laughs> I wouldn't die. So I am going to name um, everyone one, in the cult one person. In reverse alphabetical order starting with Z. One person, because I thought you'd get a kick out of this name when I was doing the research. Is it Dick Fetty? It's Solange. Oh. What did they do to her, you might ask? Oh, God. I hope some of our viewers have seen that movie after we talked about it at some point. It's unfortunate. Solange was one of the people who uh, was married off against her will. She invited her parents. Um, her parents didn't really want to come. <laughs> Long weren't, story short. Weren't too big into it. So, moving on, back to what Rope was doing with his big old peen. Uh, he impregnated Giselle in that, that spring. Uh -huh. But um, she felt kind of rejected because he really wasn't, you know, he was too busy cult leading. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Not really giving her enough attention, looking at other ladies' butts and stuff. 
quote, quote, smoke problems. Giselle, pregnant and feeling rejected by the lack of attention, wrote, gave her, since their marriage, gave her a new husband gave her a new husband an ultimatum. Either break the commune, encourage his followers to find new homes, or she would move back with her father. So she wanted to end the marriage at this point. Okay. And uh, can anyone guess what his answer to this uh, ultimatum was? Ultimatum? Ultimatum. Roke? Yes. He kicked her out. He was like, get lost. Close. He was like, I'm going to put a baby in your butt. Nope. He killed her. Also, nope. Beat the shit out of her and then told her she wasn't allowed to leave her room for two days. Oh. Oh, God. So at this point, he's really flexing its power and he's starting to lose it a little bit more. Because before, like, he was portraying himself as this holy man. You know, he he was doing fucked up things, but it wasn't overtly, you know, like, I'm a terrible person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like manipulating and gaslighting. Right. And, and not abusing. At this point I'm he's really abusing. Yeah. He's really starting to go off the rails. So in June nineteen seventy eight, in spite his in spite of his financial success, uh the healthy living clinic faced some serious problems. Ooh. Bad PR? Uh well there was a lot of debt. Um the police were watching the place since uh the woman with leukemia died. Hmm. So the third problem they faced was um, they had no health food or literature supplies from the Adventists anymore since they were all kicked out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they decided to go on a road trip. To Vegas? Deeper into the Canadian woods. Uh, Actually, for a while they just wandered from town to town for about a month. And in July they found themselves in the wilderness of the Gatsby Peninsula. Mm. Um, There... Roke gave to them his vision of the future. He told the group, and this is never a smart thing to do, and we've seen it with a few other cults, that the world would end on February 17th, 1979. Yeah, he just went for an exact date. Yeah. So, and he was pretty specific about it, too. He said there was going to be, like, boulder-sized hail, earthquakes, lightning, and uh, they would be God's chosen ones. And, um... Lifted up. Yeah, pretty much. much. And and he would be their guide. Nice. Tour guide to the rapture. Get Tour your tickets. Tour guide to the rapture. Get your tickets now. Follow me in my dirty brown robe. <laughs> well, I mean, is he washing it? I guess not at this point. I mean, maybe when they had the clinic, but at this point I can't imagine that anyone looks really good. I'm sure, you know, everyone's pubic hair is as long as Rope's beard at this point. Mm. Everyone's stinky. Mm. And, you know, a dick that big, and he's French-Canadian, so it's probably uncut. Mm. You know, got some flavor to it. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Jerky. Oh, God. (laughs) Teriyaki. I hate this. So, um, there's this village... Saint Jogus, Jogus, and on July 9, nineteen seventy-eight, they hiked for two days until they found an isolated hill beside a small body of water called Lac Sec, which means dry lake. Lake suck. Lake suck. Lake sucks. <laughs> call it French. Make it French. Lac Sec. So he named this place the Eternal Mountain. And that's where they actually made new their name. Home. New name. New name, guys. We call it. <laughs> can we? Can mountain. we? Can we call it? Lexac. Can we call it Lexac? <laughs> it's already called that. We gotta get a new name. 
And any other any other ideas? Any other ideas? You holy, there? Holy Mountain. Holy 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 Mountain. Mm, no, nah, no. Nah, next one. You you there? Lake Cool Rock. Good, but you're a woman, so I really can't take your opinion. Uh, being that's like our thing. Uh, I got it. Eternal Mountain. Ooh, that's a long time. Yeah, it's like yours, but better. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Fair you're enough. You're so much smarter roll. than us. Yeah, you're so smart. Tell us about your beard oils. <laughs> uh, uh, Are they natural? Are they GMO-free? Um, I, I I just jerk off and aim for the bottom of my beard. Oh. And you work it up into it? Yeah, I work oh. it up, and I don't bathe. Uh-huh. Um, there's things living in it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Bloat flies? Bloat flies. Uh, Kangaroos. A few. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's a snake or two? Wallaby. No wallabies. No wallabies. I fucking hate wallabies. I, fair enough. Be a kangaroo or be something else. <laughs> so they settled down here and they pretty much built this tent town. <laughs> <laughs> I build one of those every morning. Am I right? So many boner jokes in this episode. <laughs> so they actually ended up building this cabin and they worked... Hey, wait, hold on. Is it a tent town or a cabin? Because you need to make a choice. Well, let me finish. It was like a communal cabin, but they had a tent town. And um, they would work pretty much 17 hours a day, clearing lands, you know, getting supplies from a nearby village. And um, So what is this, a game of fucking Civilization Four or Minecraft? Is this Minecraft? Pretty much. And... Uh, they actually reached a water table, and Rogue was like, It's a miracle! And they're like, You're so good, Canadian French Jesus. And, uh... <laughs> they they were working in their tunics the whole time, so they kept tripping over them. <laughs> so, like, I just... Bad uh, Bill. Yes! <laughs> that's the Agony Sax. Uh, I thought that was Hill. No, I'm pretty sure that's the Agony Sax. <laughs> I think that was your first episode of Public Domainia. I don't, I don't <laughs> Is that Public Domain? I doubt it. I guess Basically, we'll find out next episode yeah. on Motel Hell. We just discuss the ins and outs of copyright law. I can dig up my old textbooks. That sounds like really riveting. Wait, stuff. why? Why would you know about law? Dick Fetty's a lawyer boy. Yeah. He's a Lloyd boy? Dick Fetty is a rural farmer. Rural jur. The rural jur. The rural jur. So, Roke and Alls Wisdom decide to enact new uniforms. Dark Wait, blue please. wraparound shorts. Oh my Ooh. god, yes. This what, guy. what is a wraparound short? It's like a skirt, right? Pretty much. Ah. Plus cool. For boys and girls? Yeah. For goyles? Everybody. So he would ration out food while all this work was going on. Doy. And if anybody complained about hunger, he would restrict their rations. Oh, that's a like, smart way to solve You don't think you're getting what you want? Well, now you're getting nothing. Moses out. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, I mean, it teaches them, teaches them not to bitch. Mm. That's what my mom did to me. That's why I'm so disciplined now. You're the most disciplined boy I know. I know. Big fatty disciplined boy. Mm. DFDB. So, and, you know, this I can see in a little bit of everybody. Because of his stomach pains and his quote-unquote cancer, he couldn't work with all the other people. Yeah. Of course. He also had to be the prophet to everyone. Well, yeah, I mean, you That's know. That's a full-time job. He was their spiritual salvation, He's man. talking to God, man. Like, they're out telling the land like good people do, but he's doing the Lord's higher work. Mm. <laughs> uh, good old Moses Roke. So, um, 
pretty much he stated that uh, everyone outside of their little commune area was doomed and mm-hmm. they'd be dead for all eternity and no heaven and all this bad stuff would happen and yada 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 if you leave everything's gonna suck and we're gonna be partying up in heaven with Jesus and you're mm-hmm. gonna be all like oh this sucks mm-hmm. so at this point people actually started to leave the group because it's like you know at first I'm sure it felt like they were doing something with the clinic even though they were just you know mismedicating people but it probably, you know, they had a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. And for a little while, I'm sure it felt like they had a sense of purpose while they were building all this shit. Yeah, right. But after, you know... After they build it... After their fearless the leader is, is, is just, like, sitting, you know, sitting in a chair, rock hard with his eight-foot dong, just being like, Oh, I'm sorry, this, this hurts so much, I can't help, you guys are doing so great. And they're like, we're hungry. And it's like, oh, you think you're hungry now? Oh, you think you're hungry now? <laughs> just you wait, because you're not getting fed. Half rations for two weeks. <laughs> Everyone to the dungeon! Yeah, so they're like, no. Sir, we haven't built the dungeon. Build the dungeon! <laughs> and then go into it and stay there. Yeah, no, I get it. I think I'd leave. Yeah, I mean, you know. It's reasonable. So, um... When all was said and done, uh, they finished the cabin in September. Jesus and it was, Christ. Yeah, it was one single open room. What were they doing for all those months? I mean, whacking in the woods. They were literally building this thing from scratch. It's a cabin of one room. Yeah, I could build that in five minutes. But they're confused French Canadians. That's true. They are a, who are willing to believe a man in a brown tunic is is the new Moses, and that um, but, but that you if can, you chew you on can, this leaf, your butthole cancer will go away. Prove me wrong. Find me a leaf and give me butthole cancer. <laughs> Isn't yes. that the way the phrase goes? Well, if you find me a leaf and give me butthole cancer, I will prove you super that's a, wrong. That's a French-Canadian fable. <laughs> it's, uh, no, it's an idiom. So, I mean, it was a pretty, like, plain place, considering they built it with stuff that they, for the most part, found in the woods around them. But I don't understand. Like, seriously. A cabin is a couple of trees on each side and then a roof. Like... Give me an axe, I'll build a cabin. You want me to tell day. you exactly what it was built out of? Yeah. So, um, there was small open room, and the floor was made of pounded, wooded, pounded wooden rounds mm-hmm. with a well in the center. The ceiling was made of mossy, twiggy, bark-covered logs, and the, rooms consist, the room consisted of only meter-high parishions and bedsheets hung as curtains. So, yeah, not the greatest place. Yeah, it doesn't sound but, I mean, again, uh, my point being, if you spent, how many months did they get there? They got there in the summer, right? This is September. July. Yeah, so it took them two months to build a shitty cabin. All the while living in tents, working 17-hour days, not eating. Yeah, like not working, it sounds like to me. I get why he restricted their rations. They're obviously doing a poor job building this fucking cabin. I just, I don't know that I can let this go, but I'm going to try. Yeah, but <clears throat> you got to understand... This was their home until God began his thousand-year reign on earth. Right, so I want my home to be nice until that started. Uh, they're, you know, they're pious or some bullshit. They don't need anything special. They're like, uh, those, uh, weird people in the hats, not the Jews. Oh, the Red Hats, that group of elderly women that do activities together? What? No. I meant the Amish. I oh, the Amish, the Amish. That was a... Of course. Who are, what are you talking about? You <laughs> know what the Red Hats? It would be way funnier if you guys knew about the Red Hats. 
I mean, we're here now. Google it. It is literally Google it. That's your response. Okay. Well, Google is so free. you know so much about it. It is a group of elderly women that get together and wear purple outfits and red hats and do activities together. It's a social club. My grandma's a part of it, and it's a huge fucking deal. Can we join? She was a part of the largest can can in America in Las Vegas. Can Can we join? No, you have to be elderly women. All right, well, it looks I'm like... I'm old, <laughs> and I want to wear a red hat with my purple blazer. Literally what it is. <laughs> That's adorable. So, um, at this point, this is when he started out handing out Old Testament names to his followers. He became Moses. Jedediah. Jedediah. He was their pappy. His wife, Giselle, was their mammy. Mm. And... <laughs> With the collective welfare checks of everyone in the group, they had a monthly budget of $1,400 Canadian. Which is like $1,000 American. Pretty much. Although this is the 70s, so I don't know with the inflation that was happening here, Carter years, all that stuff. I wonder what that exchange rate was like, but I don't care enough to look. Mm. So for right now, we're going to leave it there. We'll pick this up in part two, our first two-part episode. Is anybody excited? I'm excited. Ooh. I'm excited. I'm very turned on. I did a lot of paint thinner earlier. You did yeah. so much paint thinner. That's I nice. thought you were gonna die. Yeah, it's all over your face. Yeah. Yeah. You are you okay? No. <laughs> Why aren't you speaking? Yeah, no. Dick Fetty. I'm. I'm <laughs> so that was a good point <laughs> to go to uh, Beardo Ben's Best Buys. Okay, what do you got for us, Ben? Is so it paint thinner? No, it's better. Actual Spray paint. paint. Ether. Yeah. Ether. No. Chloroform. 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 Actually not that hard to get and pretty cheap. Hmm. We should do more of it. Yeah, we should. We should do all of it. There's a band I could talk about, but no. Okay. Are you guys, are you guys ready for my Best Buy? I'm ready. Best Buy? I'm ready. Is this your way buy? of like slowly advertising for the box store Best Buy? <laughs> no, Maybe but our first sponsor. I I mean I That's will be a corporate sponsor. shill. I don't give a fuck if they want to give us money. Yeah, I'm I not go for money. Money's good, and we do this for free. Yeah, we do it for the love of the listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm um, not receiving enough of text two two four nine. Cast your vote. Remember, it's either Dick, Ben, or Flex. You vote now on the best joke of this week, and your money will go to fund our raging cocaine habits. Why would mine be Ben or Ben and not Beardo? Because it's Ben the Beardo. Oh yeah, I guess. We desperately need your money to sustain our crippling addiction. Yeah. So please text now. And it's not just cocaine, people. We don't eat here because we spend all of our money at the slots and at the sluts. So I just (laughs) want to say to all those listeners out there with an extra dollar in their pocket, when you're sipping on your high C jukebox juice box at the workplace and you're thinking about how you're living high in the hog, remember that we're living under a bridge. And anything would help. Please send money. Best buys. <laughs> so, um, I, I know uh, you've been indulging our co-host Flex in the wonderful writings of H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it really is an indulgence, I think, and she doesn't recognize that. But go I, on. She told me she was enjoying it. Makes you better. I am. So. I. This week I decided to go for what's personally my favorite comic book series. I can confidently say of all time. And when I say comic book series, I mean full series. And that includes like superhero stuff, all that shit. This is my favorite comic book series. Is it Hellboy? 
No, it is Lock and Key. Ah, yeah. Written by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son. Uh, art is by Gabriel Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. That's accurate. Had a total collection of nine books. I believe so. And um, it's it's very Lovecraftian. Um, honestly, in my opinion, in some respects, Joe Hill can be a better writer than his father, and sometimes not. I've loved everything that I've read by him, but um, I don't know, a few years ago, Dick Fetty had turned me on to this comic book, and he was like, "Yeah, I found this comic, and it's you know Lovecraftian, and it's really cool. You should read it." And he lent me the first one. And I read it and immediately read the rest of it. Um, it's it's very well portrayed. The whole thing is about the Locke family. Uh, it is three siblings and older uh, uh, senior age brother, junior age sister, senior? and then isn't he a senior? Oh, you mean in high school? Yes. Okay. In high school. Um, and fourth, fourth year for our European listeners. Yes, and then their youngest brother, who is named Bode, and I believe he's eight. Sure. Um, so the, the whole story starts out, they're on this wonderful romp at their lake house with, you know, the whole family, mother, father, siblings, and, uh, the, the eldest son's an angsty teenager and he hates his dad because his dad's a teacher at his school and he's the guidance counselor and my life's so hard because I'm a teenager and blah, blah, blah. I remember that. It was hard. Yeah. And then next thing you know, two of his father's ex-students come in. Murder the father, rape the mother, and then try to murder the mother. Wait, but should you be telling them that? It's like it's the, the opening. Is it yes. the first five pages? Okay. So they, the son comes in, he kills one of them, beats the living shit out of the other one, goes to prison. They go to move into their father's family home. Well, the son doesn't go to prison. No, no, no. The the other the, the other the attacker, boy. the yeah. assailant, the assailant. Yeah, you gotta. I don't want these people to think this is a prison boy book. No, it's not a prison boy book. Although there is parts about a boy in prison. True. Um, so they have to move. They decide to move back to their father's uh, old homestead, the house he grew up in, Key House. Hence the name Lock and Key. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything seems, you know, as good as it can be at first. You know, their their mother starts drinking alcoholically, mm. um, which I believe is definitely a reference to. Uh, his father, Stephen King's alcoholism, which tends to come up in his books a lot. Well, then again, it comes up in Stephen King's a lot, but that's neither here nor there. Well, I feel like anybody who's got an alcoholic parent talks about their alcoholic parent. It kind of impacts the family and the growing up experience. Right. So, um, the youngest son, Bode, is exploring around the house and he finds this key. Uh, he tries it on all the doors, he can't figure it out. And he puts it in this one door, and he opens it, and he's like, oh, okay. And it was just a door that goes outside. It pretty much means nothing. He walks through the door, and boom, his spirit leaves his body. And it turns out there's all these magical keys in the house, and the story takes off from there. And it's beautiful, well-written. The artwork by Gabriel Rodriguez is really good. I got so obsessed with it, there's a company called Skeleton Crew. They do replicas from comic books, mostly... uh, I don't want to say low-level comic books, but non-mainstream comic books. So they have uh, replicas of artifacts from BPRD and Hellboy. They have done a lot of the keys from Lock and Key, which I have a collection for. I have them in a glass case. It's real pretty. But I definitely recommend checking out the comic book series. It's nice because it wraps all very neatly in the end. I haven't read them yet, but I know Joe Hill put out some newer ones, and he does eventually plan on 
going more so into the history of the house and the Locke family itself, but he hasn't done that quite yet. The, sto- the storyline's good from start to finish. There was a couple um, mini, like, one-shots in between the stories that aren't in the full-volume collections. You actually have to buy them separately. So if you're looking to find everything from the original run, uh, those two one-shots are not going to be there. And that is my Best Buy of the Week. Go out, read it, and enjoy yourself. Yeah, I mean, I second that Best Buy. It's definitely one of the best graphic novel series I've ever read. The uh, story itself is emotional. The characters are really well written. And while the events are supernatural, fantastic, and uh, cosmic and such, the characters are very real. The stuff that happens is, like, has real... uh, weight to it yeah a, a weight and a relatability on a lot of levels the the whole like you know family in crisis kind of a thing and the, i definitely shed some tears at the end i thought it was a really excellent series and i highly recommend it as well it is a best buy it is a best buy and that is uh all we got for this week's episode tomorrow tomorrow uh next week part two of we haven't even got Started, yeah, yeah, we haven't even gotten to the Shit juicy stuff, so uh, really fucked up, you guys. Put on your seatbelts for next week's episode because it's gonna get saucy and scary. Mm. Yeah, we'll see you then. Yeah, later, nerds. Later, later nerds. nerds.